everyone. Welcome to the Jenny Carlson Show. We have got lots going on here in Oklahoma. As you all know, lots of big sports stories, but there's nothing, and I mean nothing bigger in the sports world right now than Colorado football and Deion Sanders. So today I am really, really happy to be joined by Paul Klee, sports editor and columnist at the Denver Gazette. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Very good, Jenny. It's so nice of you to have me on. I've been looking forward to this. Well, great. Well, obviously, Colorado, Dion, all the talk in the sports world. Let's start with this. What's it like to cover the biggest story going in sports right now? It's uh, it's jarring. You know, this is uh, traditionally forever and ever been uh, a Broncos city and a Broncos state and a region, really. Uh, and now you have a story that... Uh, <laughs> for lack of a better choice of words, that kind of came out of nowhere in a very short time. Uh, this is this has been a nine-month experiment so far, and uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. Uh, it. It has flipped so quickly from what Buffs fans and college football fans here have experienced over the last uh, really 20 years, um, what Deion Sanders has done uh, from a 1-11 team uh, that really had no direction to now hosting uh, college game day Saturday, uh, Fox's big noon kickoff Saturday, ESPN's first take on Friday. <laughs> and this is week three of the prime yeah. experience. So uh, it's it's been jarring, uh, to, to say the least. It's really been something to witness. You know, that you, you, you sort of hit on this, but I hope you could rewind just a little bit more. And I mean, obviously people here in Oklahoma, they remember the buffs from their big 12 days as, you know, a lot of those, those years, a contending program, a proud program. Um, mm -hmm. But as you alluded to, you know, Colorado football really fell off the map. Can you, can you even put into words where things were say like a year ago today? Uh, it was, it was dismal times. It was not on the radar. You know, the buffs were behind just in our market in Denver, behind the Broncos, of course, uh, the Avalanche coming off a Stanley Cup win, uh, the Nuggets coming off an NBA title. You know, uh, University of Denver hockey is a national champion several times over since the buffs were, were relevant. Uh, this is a departure from anything that uh, Colorado sports fans had seen, really. I think people bring up the Coach Mack years uh, with Bill McCartney, uh, but they're pretty good with Gary Barnett as well. Um, and that was in the Big 12. They make the move to the Pac-12 and just fell off the map entirely. Uh, irrelevance is probably being kind. You know, the, the recruiting was, was bad. Uh, they didn't have those inroads that Coach Mack had in, in Michigan, in California, in Texas, in the South. Um, Took some in-state kids, but Colorado football isn't going to survive on on Colorado kids. They they wouldn't be able to compete. So it's really been a desert uh, for 20 years. You, once in a while, you'd have a team like 2016, where you know Philip Lindsay and and Cepho and a couple of good wide receivers, but uh, that was really the exception more than the rule. Um, you know, maybe a couple of bowl wins, bowl appearances in that time. I think maybe one bowl win in the last 20 years. I'd have to look at that, but it really has been some down times. And they, they swung for the fences on this one and they hit it out of the park so far. 
Well, you know, Dion was hired early December. Um, I think most people in college football felt like he was going to be hired by a power five program. But what was sort of the what was the sense from Colorado fans at that point? Because like you said, there'd been a lot of years since some of those proud teams, those 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 good years. And I'm sure that people were were thinking, hey, maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the coach. What was your sense from Colorado fans when Dion's the guy who gets hired last December? Disbelief. <laughs> Why? You know, it was <laughs> it was a rare rare case when, you know, uh proud fans would say, why would that guy want us? You know, a lot of times it's, you know, I covered University of Illinois for a handful of years in the Big Ten. And I think it's it's interesting because you always think, well, yeah, we can get this guy or we can get that guy. CU fans were looking at it like, what's, is it a $14 million contract? What is the, uh, what is the incentive for a guy like that that you would think could have his choice of where he'd want to go? Um, and Rick George, the athletic director, you know, he was involved somewhat in Oklahoma sports a long time ago with a wide receiver there, but that wasn't on uh, favorable terms, I would say. Um, and he he built a connection with Dion and the Dion, you know, the team Dion, um, and was able to convince with a lot of facility upgrades the, the last handful of years in Boulder. Um, he thought the infrastructure was there. And, you know, it, it wasn't I think this was probably more attractive to him because he was going to be given opportunities that maybe there, there was no he could shape this thing in a way that maybe a an established program or athletic department had preconceived ideas of what they wanted to do. Prime could come in here and say, this is what we're going to do. And they've done that. You know, um, they're on primetime now, the university. This is not a, you know, he reacts to them. This is CU reacting to prime. And if Mm -hmm. you were to go to an Auburn or, you know, an OU or a a UT, somewhere like that, I don't know if you have those types of flexibilities and that type of uh, freedom to operate in the way that he does, which is totally different, Jenny, than than any way I've seen. a major college coach operate. This is, this is a celebrity aspect that um, I don't think anyone's seen before. The other day, I mean, how many sidelines do you see where the Wu-Tang Clan is on the sideline? You know, with, with T.O. is on the sideline and Warren Sapp, um, every NBA Buffalo was there. Uh, you, Stephen A. was there. You know, it's more of a uh, an event than it is a college football game. It's like, um, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything like it. Nobody here certainly has seen anything like it because the Coach Mack teams, they were awesome. They had awesome players. The Barnett teams were good. They were really good. They were competing for Big Big Ten, Big 12 titles. But there wasn't this type of uh, glamour that Prime has brought to Boulder. Well, you mentioned that that scene on the, on the sideline. I want to mm-hmm. ask you about that game in Boulder last Saturday because – I was watching on TV. I know lots of other people were. The scene just seemed crazy. I mean, it seemed crazy. The <laughs> stands were packed. We And obviously, Nebraska fans, they love to travel, so there was some red there. But just that scene, Paul, I mean, when you talk about the dormancy and sort of the irrelevance that was Colorado football a year ago, 
How did that strike you? How did that strike people that have been watching this program for a while? It, it was surreal because we you have seen Boulder like that, um, just to not to that extreme where, you know, the get in price had to be I th- close to 500 bucks. You know, a couple of friends of mine went in on season tickets last November and said, well, we need something to do. USC is coming next year. We'll go watch Caleb Williams. I think he paid 350 bucks for a seat for a season ticket. (laughs) You pay off your season tickets in one afternoon. Now, Um, you know, CU has never sold out a season, every home game. That's never happened, which surprised me. Um, But they're down to two games now. So get your Arizona and your, I think your Wazoo tickets are some Utah tickets now, because those are the last two games and they're not going to be available. They've sold a million dollars worth of tickets since the TCU game. That's nine, 10 days ago. Um, They sold $500,000 worth of tickets on Saturday. So this is an interesting angle too, that um, I probably should have written before Uh, back to that. What your question though, I wrote the other day that the N on Nebraska's helmet stood for no chance because they walked into a place that you were not going to win. Nobody was coming in there and winning on Saturday. And see, Colorado didn't play that well, and they won by three touchdowns. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, Rick George, the athletic director, the day that he introduced Dion, said, we don't have the money to pay for this right now, but we're going to have it. Um, That's a that was a uh, a leap of faith, to say the least. But I mean, it's paid itself several times over and they haven't gotten into week three yet. So it was a, a brilliant decision to this point by Rick George. Um, you know, right off the bat, looks like one of the best hires in college football history. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. You know, it's only been a couple of weeks. Um, how long does this last? I think that's the biggest question here. Uh, but so far it's been extraordinary to witness. Well, I want to get to that question of how long does it last? Because I think people around here with Colorado's move to the Big 12 are hoping it lasts at least one more year. <laughs> but before we get to that point, you, you, Paul, you mentioned two weeks in. It was an impressive win to start at TCU against a team that finished second last year and that and went to the national championship game. I think most people, you know, knowing what Nebraska was, figured that Colorado would probably win that. But on the field, what have you seen? What have you liked about I mean, obviously, there's all this talk and hubbub about, you know, the prime effect and the scene and like we were just talking about. But what about the football? What's impressed you about what you've actually seen out of the buffs on the field? That's the I think that's the most interesting part is they are they're talented, but they're not Bama talented. They're not UT talented. What has jumped out is the level of cohesion and coaching. They went the entire first half at TCU without a penalty. It wasn't until the third quarter they had a penalty. And and TCU, that's a that's a really good staff over there, um, up and down that coaching staff. And Prime's group was utterly prepared for everything that they threw at them. The other day, I think, was a great example with the Nebraska game. The Buffs didn't play well in the first half. They were scattered. The offense, they weren't moving the ball. It, it wasn't what we had seen in week one and they flipped a switch and they made adjustments and they changed and they just blew them out of the water in the second half. So I think that there was, 
sentiment. I didn't personally have this because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't watch a lot of Jackson State football, um, aside from their playoff, you know, their championship games that were on television. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect in that aspect. There's, they play such clean ball. It, it's really clean football. Um, you have the speed on the outside, the, the Xavier Weaver and the Travis Hunter, who's going to be a, you know, he's going to be a top 10 pick. But the one guy, the, the guy here is Shadur Sanders. Um, it, it, it was, there was a feeling a few years back, uh, Dan Hawkins was the coach in Boulder. His son, Cody Hawkins, was the quarterback. And he took a lot of grief for that. You know, it says your kid's the quarterback because he's your kid. Um, I wasn't covering them at the time, so I don't know if that was the case. But, you know, he brings in Shadur and people are saying there's not going to be a competition here. You know, you're just going to gift the kid. Well, it turns yeah. out Shadur Sanders, I, you know, I wrote the other day, Jenny, he should be the Broncos quarterback in two years. This is an NFL. Wow. This is a prototypical NFL quarterback. He's six four. He's as smart as attack. He or sharp as attack. He's he's really intelligent. He's he picks things up. His progressions. You can watch him how he reads the field and reads the defense. He broke nine program records in his first game. You know that was his first FBS game. He broke nine passing records. And let's remember, Colorado has had some success over mm -hmm. the years, Paul. They've mm -hmm. had good quarterbacks before. Cordell Stewart was a really good player. Coy Detmer was a really good player. Um, they've had good quarterbacks here. Uh, Joel Klatt was a good player. And it took Shadur four quarters to break nine different records. He threw for 500 yards against a top 20 team. First time in 20 years, CU won a road game against a top 20 team. And... Shadur is so impressive. He, he's, he's collected. He's very calm. He's not an overwhelming athlete like his dad was. His arm strength isn't going to be, you know, it's not a Ryan Leaf situation where he's got a cannon for an arm. He is just a really solid, very good quarterback. The question now is um, with Shadur, he can be draft eligible this year. This is a guy that can go to the NFL. Um, or he can come back for a second year. I think that's going to become more and more of a uh, an interesting storyline as it goes on. Is this a one year deal with Shador? Is it a two year deal? But but so far he's, I think he's going to be the best quarterback that Colorado's ever had. Wow, it, one year deal or two year deal for Shador, yeah. and then the bigger question of how long is his dad sticking around? What's the, <laughs> what's the level of concern, Paul, around Colorado in terms of keeping Dion? I mean, any offers to like, I don't know, make him governor of Colorado. I don't, I don't know. What do you offer the guy to try to keep him around? He'd get elected tomorrow, Jenny. It would be a landslide. <laughs> governor Sanders, <laughs> governor prime. Um, there right now it's, they're so giddy that this is happening that, I, there hasn't been that conversation of, oh, you only get him for a couple of years. It's a five-year contract. They don't care right now. This is the honeymoon of all honeymoons. You know, Sean Payton's coaching the Broncos. They're 0-1 and his honeymoon's over. And Prime, I don't know when this, this honeymoon will end when he leaves or goes to the NFL or goes elsewhere. I, I have a, I think a minority, I'm in the minority with this opinion. Um, the, the feeling is, I would think with, I know with media here, is that he gets to coach his son for two years. 
what a fantastic thing as a dad. How cool is that? And his other kid, Shiloh's on the team. He's a safety, a starting safety as well. He's going to play one year. Is it the feeling with media here is it's maybe a couple of years that you're going to see the prime show. They have an offensive coordinator in Sean Lewis, who's a brain. He's a, you know, kind of fits, you know, prime moves on and Sean Lewis takes over. I don't see it like that, Jenny. I, I think he's going to grow roots here. He's going to have connections and influence within the University of Board, Board, Board of Regents, where this has been, CU has been more of an academically driven operation than athletics. I think they've seen the kind of uh, financial incentive that having a prime-led football team has, and he can change that trajectory be the first man to do that. Um, we could do a podcast in 10 years and see how wrong I was. And that's cool. I'll be good with that. I'd love to come on again. I think he's going to stay here. I think everything that he needs to go to a college football playoff is in place. And if it's not, he's going to get it in place. Uh, their recruiting has only begun. Think about this. This is pretty wild. I had to write it down because I forget it. There are 87 newcomers on this roster. 57 new players uh, since the fall. This is, you know, amazing. it is 10 years ago. This wouldn't be possible because the rules wouldn't allow it 20 years ago. Well, how old is Twitter and Instagram and social media when it before all of that, yeah. this wouldn't be possible because that's such a big part of what he does. Um, it's the right time for a coach prime. It really is. And I think they will put in place an infrastructure that incentivizes him to stick around Boulder for longer than people expect, uh, because I think he's just mm. getting started. Uh, he had a great comment at yeah. TCU. Uh, you've probably been in that visiting press area at post games. It's kind of like a closet um, with about 60 yeah. people in there. And he said, I'm just getting comfortable. Um, so I feel like I'm probably in the minority opinion on this. I think Prime is going to be here for a while if Boulder allows it. Hmm. Hey, I'm all for it because the last thing I want to talk to you about is this move to the Big 12. I would love it if he's still the coach when Oklahoma State gets its first crack at Colorado as a, a returning Big 12 member. Um, I have to think, though, Paul, that I mean, obviously, the resurrection of Colorado football, there's no bad time for that for people in Boulder and around that state. But considering the move, um, just where where people's thoughts are on that and where this team is now as it prepares to head back into the Big 12, I got to think that people are really loving. I mean, clearly they want to try to go win the Pac-12 now because, you know, why would that be out of the realm of possibility? But for the, for the Big 12 move, they got to feel great about things right now. They do. And, and that was the, you know, that was the league where CU had its greatest success. Uh, the move to the Pac-12, it never quite made sense for Colorado. And a lot of that was driven by the idea you have a, a lot of students from California and the West Coast. Uh, but football-wise, he has more players from Florida now than any other state. Uh, Texas and Georgia are close behind and that's only going to, you know, he, it's only going to 
be amplified, magnified when when they move to the Big 12. Um, it's a better fit for CU football, not basketball. Uh, Tad Boyle on the basketball side would tell you his job just got a whole lot harder because of how good the 12 is um, on that side. Um, that made it tougher on the buffs. But football-wise, it made sense. I grew up with CU football games uh, in the 80s and 90s where Kansas State games were a big deal. Um, Iowa State game, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Texas, you know, Big 12 championship games. Um, that fit better. It just seemed to make more sense. And now when you've got a guy who spent a lot of time in Dallas, um, his staff has focused um, largely on Southern recruiting and also in Michigan. Um, you're going to see him benefit from that, I believe, with that move. And I think the Big 12, they have to be ecstatic. Uh, the commissioner was at that TCU game. Um, does the Big 12 take CU if Prime is not the coach? I don't know. I Maybe. That's a, it's, a, it's a great question. I, I don't think the Big 12 wants to even do that revisionist history because I think they <laughs> love this. Oh, it's extraordinary for them. I mean, think of those, you know, this is the third straight week with Fox's big noon kickoff doing a Buffs game. Um, it's nothing but good for that league. I love Big 12 basketball. <laughs> That's what I watch the most of. Um, I'm interested to see what it does for CU basketball on that side. But football-wise, they're going to be fine. You, you can see that the personnel, the type of athlete that he's recruiting is going to fit really well with that league. Yeah, it's it's exciting to think about. And I know people in the Big 12 currently are excited to add those four new teams next year, which Colorado started that trend. So, uh, Paul, before we let you go, a last fun one. Do you mm -hmm. call him Coach Prime? Do you call him Dion? What do you call him? I go Coach Sanders. I guess I'm old school. But, you know, writing-wise, um, <laughs> Jenny, it's Coach Prime. That's what people recognize here. Uh, I hope you you get to witness one of these. It's more of an event than it is a uh, college sporting you know, competition. But the prime gear, it's, it's hats that just prime. It's hoodies with prime. It's not the Buffalo. It's not CU. That's amazing. It, it's prime. It, he is the attraction here. Um, so riding, I'll go coach prime, ask him a question. It's, it's coach Sanders. That'll, I'll probably get over that here pretty quickly as we move <laughs> forward though and just go with coach prime. It's more fun. <laughs> I feel like if I come out to cover a Colorado game, I have to acquire some of those fancy shades that he wears. It's like yeah. mandatory for the uh, apparel to, to get the shades. We'll see if I can pull that off. But you got to wear them inside too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll, I'll figure it all out by the time uh, that rolls around, Paul. Well, hey, before we let you go, remind folks where they can find you on the internet and on socials. Sure. It's uh, denvergazette.com. Um, we've got our Broncos coverage or abs coverage nuggets, but I tell you, nothing is uh, moving quite like coach prime coverage is right now. So denvergazette.com you'll find uh, myself, Woody page and all of our, uh, all of our writers there. And um, I appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. Absolutely. Thanks for your time for doing this. And thanks to all of you who joined us for the Jenny Carlson show this week. Remember, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. And of course, you can find us at Sellout Crowd. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>